This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Greatest, if not the greatest, World Cup final ever. Kim Downs here. Pleasure to be with you this morning alongside Stephen Donald for Kim and Beeve's Big Brekkie. Filling in for Kempi and Izzy this morning. Beeve, how are you? Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, uh, Kim. Uh, great to be joined by you on a breakfast show. Obviously, we're usually a little bit later, but what a morning to kick off our breakfast careers. Right. If you're going to have to set the alarm clock for these sort of godforsaken hours, it might as well be for one of the best football games I've ever seen. Yeah, and I guess I obviously watched uh, watched and listened to it this morning when I was driving in and, and then watched a little bit on the TV. They were all saying that uh, this would have to be one of the greatest games of all time, if not the greatest. And, and so often or not, finals are duds because no one wants to lose it. But, geez, both teams just went out and played. How did you cope with the penalty situation? Because when, I got, when they go to penalties, I tend to go under a desk, behind a pole, just hand over my eyes, can't cope. Look, it may surprise you, I'm neither nor Argentinian or French. So <laughs> once I got my bet of the game to go to penalties, I was sitting there <laughs> like some sort of messiah uh, a la Messi myself. So I was pretty relaxed. Yes, I had a little bit more. The cherry on top would have been France to win for me because I had a little bit there. But uh, no, I loved watching it. Like, I mean, I was, I was watching it thinking, I know a lot of purists say no time for the shootout, but there is nothing better in sport than a penalty shootout in a big soccer game. It is, uh, it's it's absolute beauty. And I, and I reckon, and I'm convinced by this, that you can tell on the eyes of the ones that want to be there. And then there's the ones that are, oh, hell, I've got to take this now. <laughs> and which ones, so when you see Messi, you're going... He yep. wants to be there all day. And even the, obviously, the French equivalent Mbappe, he, every time he went to take a penalty, there was just a ruthless look about Because, I mean, he took, no fear, he, take, two, eh? he took two in the game. And, uh, I mean, it was only a couple of weeks ago that they were going on about how Kane took more than one in a game and he double bluffed himself. He was, he was, a, he was a case, basket case. But uh, the French boy Mbappe, he just... That's that one to send it to overtime. Oh, he just looks so cool on it. Absolutely unreal. And I just often look at these athletes and go, these guys are a, a superior breed almost mentally because when you have spectators who can't even look, imagine the mental strength to get through that on that stage. Yeah, it was some, obviously some atmosphere in all the, I guess, the... Argentinian fans seem to outnumber. I don't know if because they're making the most noise, but geez, <laughs> there, there was a lot of them, and uh, I'm sure uh, the likes of Wildfire uh, down the Viaduct will be will be going great guns this morning. Or is that a Brazilian 
week meat restaurant. I'm trying to work out. I thought it was Argentinian, but anyway. <laughs> um, I'm sure all the Argentinian steakhouses around Auckland will be going bananas. Oh, absolutely. Chris has already texted in. So happy for Messi. I'm sure Beeve would be as well. I know how he loves Messi. Uh, <laughs> if, if anyone listens to our drive show on a Friday on the run home, uh, you would have heard that I was Messi in Argentina all the way. Beef, perhaps not so much. Anyway, enough uh, <laughs> jibber-jabber from us. Uh, let's get straight into it, shall we? Because we have former All-White and football commentator David Choate on the line already this morning. Chody, oh my goodness, I feel like I've barely had time to take a breath and I think I should just give you the stage here. What, what do you even begin to make of that? I think I've seen the greatest World Cup final that I'm ever likely to see. Um, unbelievable. Emotional roller coaster. As you say, the players would be uh, exhausted. I am exhausted watching it. I'm hoarse, and I was making noises, not talking to anyone, just grunting. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, that is a match um, made in heaven. It, it, it is just such a such a sort of paradoxical game as football. Argentina for 80 minutes smashed the French, absolutely ground them into the dirt. 2-0 down, a 2-0 up with 10 to go. I thought I was going to be talking to you about a one-sided final. And then for 10 minutes and extra time, the French found something from somewhere. Um, there is a story within the story. I think there might have been illness in the French camp. Mm. But gee whiz, they got up and went for it. And then to go through the penalty drama, that's what we all live for, that kind of moment. So a massive, massive World Cup final. I don't think you'll get to see better. That was fabulous. I completely agree. And we'll talk about Argentina a lot, obviously, now that they are again the world champions for the first time since 1986. But just for a moment, can we uh, give his, give Kylian Mbappe his flowers? What does it take and what does it say about Mbappe that 2-0 down, he was able to provide that sort of fire and then when they go down again in extra time, he is the one who again steps up to the plate? He's fire and ice. Isn't he? he is ice cool. Um, the, the goal to pull him back, uh, to take it to extra time, the volley, um, was just a, a, a magical strike. Most players would have looked to take a touch. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and it was just explosive power to blast the ball home to bring his team back into this one. Um, penalties, he's taken three. He's got no problem with them. He's, he's ice cool under pressure. He is, he is one of the coolest characters. And I don't know about you, that smile is um, wider <laughs> wider than, than most. Uh, when he scored that second, he goes to his go-to celebration, which is the arms folded and the, the cheesy grin. Um, that's a picture that will be seen for many years to come. It was always going to be that messy Mbappe show. Mbappe, a hat-trick, uh, the second only in World Cup finals. Uh, back to 66 last time, there was a hat-trick, Jeff Hurst for England. Mbappe writes his name in history. Um, we'll see more of him, no doubt. Well, this is the thing, right? Mbappe is only 23 years old. He's already got a World Cup title to his name, so he's already on that pathway to greatness if he's not there currently. But let's go now to the man of the moment, Lionel Messi. What more can be said about him? Oh, he's a fabulous story, this one. Uh, they took the boy out of Argentina, but they couldn't take Argentina out of the boy. That's how I feel about him. He was... He, he was sent to Europe as a young man. He's, he's plied his trade. And some of the Argentinians felt that that made him less Argentinian. He, he had less of the mongrel fight in him. 
But at this World Cup, we've seen that mongrel come out in the best possible way. Um, he will be taken to heart. He will now be mentioned alongside the, the, the likes of Mario Kempes, Maradona. Um, he is up there with the best of the best. Uh, Argentinian uh, sainthood for, for, for Leo Messi, no doubt. He is unbelievable. Daryl, I guess the remarkable thing about this morning's game for mine is uh, the fact that, the, as you've mentioned, you've mentioned both of them, Mbappe and Messi, the two storylines going in, and so often in big games, whatever sport, it doesn't really materialise like that. They either get shut down or they just crumble under so much pressure. But the fact that the two of them were able to still be the story, quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're right. So often in sport and every code, uh, the big names get so well looked after. They get uh, all the attention sort of off the park and on the park. It's the same. Uh, These two guys um, carry their nations on their shoulders. I've likened this um, Argentinian team all World Cup as being 10 plus Messi. Uh, But the 10 people, they get the piano to the stage and he plays the piano. So they're the piano carriers. And he plays that piano like nothing else. Uh, they are like rabid dogs, the Argentinians. Out of position, they just give no one any room. Uh, they bark and they bite. And they've got that sort of uh, winning mentality throughout. And Messi's got the privilege of uh, leading that pack of wolves. They were unbelievable. I love that analogy that you used of the pianists and him being the player. Could you believe the verve that that team came out with, particularly in that first half because so often like Beef says on this stage and in this final everything kind of almost shuts down because the stakes are so high but they came out and they played with joy they did uh, I was I was picking extra time but I was thinking nil all extra time one all extra time but they played with such style that that second goal Di Maria mm. um, is just a is a dream of a goal. Um, the ball is flowing forward, one-touch football. It is uh, the beautiful game at its best. And that was Argentina for, for certainly the first half. Wasn't Di Maria was fantastic. Perhaps he can uh, say that he was playing second string. But uh, Messi makes them tick. But today, they all came to play. Um, they weren't... There's no fear in them. And even at the penalty shootout point, I just thought to myself, they just don't know how to be scared, the, the, the Argentinians. They are not fearful of anything they they live their football um they're underachievers there's 45 or 46 million of these argentinians who feel like they're an underachiever economically <laughs> socially everywhere else but this is their their moment it's been 36 years between drinks we know what that was like in rugby for a while we had a few years off between drinks but 36 years for argentinians i'll tell you what they'll be partying long and hard in buenos aires tonight for sure Oh, I think I've already seen some scenes out of Buenos Aires and the party just looks absolutely insane already. I imagine there'll be a few Malbecs being downed, that's for sure. Um, and when it comes to the underachieving stakes, it it always brings me a little bit back to Messi, right? Because here is a guy who has consistently been one of the best players in the uh, in the world year in, year out, but it's always felt like there's been that lingering question over his legacy because he hasn't managed to get Argentina a World Cup. How much do you think this result defines his legacy? Well, one match or one tournament should never do it, but it will. Um, there's no question. I mean, Messi, had he not won, would still be the greatest, uh, the greatest Argentinian of, of modern day football for sure. Um, this will be his crowning moment. Um, 
he's already said he won't be playing World Cups again, so what a way to go out. This will define him. This puts him up there with, as I said, some of those greats. Uh, 78, it was Kempis. In the 80s, it was Maradona. Uh, in the 2000s, it'll no doubt be Leo Messi. Um, I've already seen one really cool meme uh, being sent out of Messi and Maradona holding their hands, walking the stairway to heaven, except instead of a god, it's the World Cup they're walking towards. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's a it's a fabulous story, Leo Messi story. Uh, there was a question mark in Argentina whether he was the, the, the goat or the current goat. Um, I think this puts that story to bed. Now, uh, Trey, I don't mean to bring it to a, a different part of this conversation, but um, I must say I was quite impressed with the courage of the referee uh, on yeah. the uh, on the death of full time to say, right, no, that's a penalty. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's so much controversy around the referees in this World Cup. He uh, he seems to do a fairly decent job and, and was pretty brave. Yep, the Polish referee, a big day for Poland to get their, their man in the middle. I liked him. Um, he was, uh, I saw him smiling with the players throughout the game at times. And then at other times I saw him as, as sort of stoic as any referee could be. So he managed the match well, because remember, there would have been plenty of raw emotion on that park. And it threatened to go a bit haywire. Once the French um, equalised, there was just the hint of trouble. But you're right, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a brave call. It's a brave call to give those kind of decisions. But yeah, look, he got them right to me. No controversy in any of the calls. And Chody, when it comes to the bigger picture, obviously the FIFA bosses could not in their wildest dreams have even imagined having a final like this as the end piece of their showpiece event. How do you think this whole tournament will be remembered? Oh, a fabulous tournament. Uh, the, the construction of the tournament, the three games in pool play, each one of those third matches had drama written all over it, so it was a well-put-together tournament. In terms of uh, on the field, as good as any I've seen, there, was, there weren't the theatrics of other World Cups where players were diving around the place. I like what they've done with additional time. There's seven minutes at the end of the first half. There's often ten minutes at the end of the second. So time wasting is no longer something that you can get away with. Um, so I think there's been some good initiatives. The VAR has worked relatively well. The Japanese might uh, have benefited from one decision that looked a bit ropey but in, in fairness they've uh, justified that decision. So football wise this has been a great World Cup. The next World Cup goes to a bigger format You'd wonder why. This format is perfect for me. I don't know that it needs to get bigger, the World Cup. If it produces tournaments like this, a month like we've had is hard to rival. Even even though the expanded World Cup makes it uh, somewhat easier for the New Zealanders to get into? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I, I get that. But does that, for me, we've, we've been there before as a nation and the achievement of getting there in a 32-country sort of mm. format is, 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 a, is a mountain in itself. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of the expanded. I'm not a big fan of the, the free pass, if you like, because we only have to top our, our, our confederation and our, and our confederation is, um, is not the strongest. So, you know, good luck to us and, and that's great. We will be there, I suspect, next time round. But, uh, gee, this format is fantastic. You get, uh, you get 32 fantastic teams uh, playing matches where anyone can be anyone. Remember what... We had, uh, on day one with this Argentinian team, them being beaten by Saudi Arabia, the biggest shock in, uh, in World Cup history of, of recent times, and they've gone on and lifted the trophy, so that tells you everything.
Very much so. Right. Well, we're uh, almost needing to go, Chody. but just one more for you on this tournament. What will be for you your favourite memory to come out of this one? Oh, look, <laughs> it has to be this final. I, I don't know that you'll erase this final from your memory. It, it is as good as it gets. And if you were looking for it for a moment, although <laughs> I didn't, altogether understand the cloak they put Messi in at the end. There was some cloak he was wearing when he lifted the trophy. Made him look a bit more Bil- Bilbo Baggins than World Superstar. But, um, but, he, but he, he donned the cloak, he lifted the trophy, and that will forever be inked in my mind. Yeah, I think that little kiss that he gave the trophy when he was going to collect his uh, Golden Ball trophy as well was pretty, pretty special. David Choate, thank you so very much for your time, your analysis, your reflections this morning. Very much appreciate it. What a morning it has been. If you have any thoughts on us on it, text us in double eight double three or give us a call 0800 150 uh, Coming up, we will take your thoughts as well on our can't wait question of the day. Does this settle the GOAT debate? Is Messi now, beyond argument, the greatest footballer of all time? Let us know your thoughts. You're listening to Kim and Beeve's Big Breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Our can't wait question of the day. Does this settle the GOAT debate? For a lot of you, it seems like it does. Gig says the measure of a goat is someone that stands up in the big moments. Messi has done that today without a doubt the goat. Steve, isn't this supposed to be the pinnacle of world sport? Heaps of empty seats. Messi the goat, in my opinion. Uh, do you see many empty seats, Beef? Not sure if I did, but they might have been the same colour as the Argentina fans, to be fair. Look, I wasn't uh, I wasn't looking hard enough. I'd hate to think what a, hate to think what a ticket was worth today, to be fair, Kim. Worth every cent. Oh, I would apologies. Say. Yeah, of course. Of cent. course. <laughs> what do you think? Settle the goat debate for you? Uh, modern day, yes. Um, I mean, tough to tough to compare, isn't it? It's just it fills in it fills in time for us. But geez, I mean, the modern day, hundred percent. But uh, I mean, I never saw Palais play. Kim never saw. Too young to appreciate Maradona. Uh, so yeah. He'll, he'll sit there, but now though, won't he? Because there was always the thing that he hadn't won a World Cup mm. as far as Messi goes. So now he sits there and well and truly in the combo. Okay, so if we go modern day then. Yes. This settles it between him and Ronaldo, for example? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. For you? Oh, I think for me, he was already there. To be fair, okay. uh, yeah, I forgot how <laughs> you were really, you were really brushed on as yeah. far as Messi goes. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can actually see me that well oh, at the yeah. moment, Beef, but I'm wearing an Argentina jersey that I picked up uh, at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. I and can't that see was, exactly what you were wearing. Well, so that was the World Cup. Uh, Argentina actually made the final and then lost. Um, yes. Messi won the Golden Boot Award, much as much like Kylian Mbappe did today, Golden Boot Award in the losing team. What a sour feeling that must be. Uh, I popped the shirt on probably, oh, would have been 20 minutes into the game. I was like, oh, no, I'm missing a piece. I'm missing a piece. Popped it on, was feeling great, coming into the office. By the time I got into the office, France had levelled the scores at two all. And I was just going, oh, have I jinxed them? And am I just going to absolutely hear it from Beeve all morning? Yeah, look, I was... Oh, you didn't have any other options in the bag. You were having to commit to that, no, regardless. Um, yeah, it was well. Was that or a Barcelona Messi top? Mm. Those were my two options. So, 
Pick your preference. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's Barcelona time. Shown by the Netherlands game. A bit of a sour taste there, obviously. So uh, I think you're in the right one, to be fair, Kim. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Hey, also a message in here. Uh, Zaid agrees. Lionel Messi, now the goat of football. But a good one from Paddy that I'll read to you as well. Morning team. Makes me laugh when for the first two weeks of this tournament, all we heard and talked about was the anti-Qatar rhetoric, which was justified. LGBTQ plus rights, women's rights, migrant workers' rights and bribery and corruption allegations. Now after one game of football, the whole world has forgotten about that. I tell you who hasn't forgotten. Gay men who can't be themselves for fear of death, women who want to drive a car but aren't allowed, families of the slain victims who built the stadiums. Football is just a game and shouldn't overshadow the real stories of this World Cup. Fair play, Patty, because... You're entirely right. There is a lot that goes on outside the game and has gone on outside the game within that country that absolutely should not be forgotten and should not be looked over in light of a final, the likes of which we've just seen. And I think that kind of encompasses really the whole sports washing debate, doesn't it? Because that is the very point, using sport to gloss over these sorts of things and these sorts of human rights issues that have come up in these countries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... It's a wonderful text from Patty, and uh, yeah, that, that that game could have happened on any bit of grass, but uh, it happened where it happened. And, and he's, as he said, you know, there's some there's some pretty pretty big storylines at the start. That now, obviously, right now, the storyline is the the World Cup final. But 100, mm. percent Patty, yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, let us know what you think. Text us in double eight double three. Also taking calls 0800 150 811. You're listening to Kim and Beeves Big, Big Breakfast. Spit the words out, Kimberly. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's the most wonderful time of the with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, how good SENZ. It is 28 to 9 and we're almost at Christmas. Now, before we started uh, the show today, I asked him, can you give me a list of your 10 favorite Christmas songs? And we're going to pump them out throughout the week. I cannot wait. I mean, I'm, we're going to get so many texts in telling us to stop and, and go home, but we won't. We love, <laughs> I love Christmas so much, and Louis's not here, so I finally get to celebrate it. How good. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. So that, uh, for our Tools of Flooring poll, um, I've got a question to, to do with the greatest comeback of all time, because yesterday I was watching the NFL, and I saw the Minnesota Vikings come back from 33-0 down at halftime to beat the Indianapolis Colts. I felt really bad for Matt Ryan because he was part of the Falcons team that lost to the Patriots when they were up 28-3. He's constantly, constantly reminded of that. So I don't think he's ever going to live this down. I think he's going to go down as the greatest choker of all time, unfortunately. <laughs> but speaking of choking, so go on the... Oh, wait, that sounds bad. Go on the SCNZ app and have your vote on the Twitter flooring roll. See your floor change in an instant with room view, but... You can't forget the, the choke of um, Team New Zealand against um, Oracle in 2013, America's Cup. Or or is the greatest comeback um, Boston Red Sox World Series against the Yankees? They were down 3-0, came back, won at 4-3. Is it mullets and moats? That's, that's had a great comeback recently. 
Is it John Travolta's career in the 90s? Big John Travolta fan. Obviously, you know, was struggling a bit in the 80s, came back with Pulp Fiction, reset his career. Or was it nearly France in the World uh, World Cup final? Have your vote on the on the SCNZ app. What do you guys think? Too soon. Too soon. Poor France. <laughs> Honestly. That was neat. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were saying too soon about the America's Cup. I mean, <laughs> spirit fought for our countrymen here, Kim. That's, that's uh, actually a very valid point. Nine years on, <laughs> almost the 10-year anniversary. It does feel too soon, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> the heartbreak of... When they... When they across pretty much mm-hmm. job done mm-hmm. and they had to cut the race because the wind dropped beneath mm-hmm. a certain yeah too yep. soon for that one yeah oh. you remember it well eight one up team New Zealand were from recollection eight one up and then went on to lose eight in a row to Oracle mm. poor Dean Barker's face there are only a few times in sport you see someone look that ashen. Yes. You, remind, uh, you reminded me, though, Joe, as well, when you said John Travolta's career in the 90s, it also made me think of Robert Downey Jr.'s because he kind of had that, you know, he was peaked and then he had a few uh, off-camera issues, shall we say, and then came back as Iron Man and is beloved. Yeah, true. That's my vote, actually. Good point. Good point. He's forgotten <laughs> about it, hasn't he? But you're right. He was probably lowering the depths because of that, the whole drug addiction, whereas uh, John Travolta just sucks at acting and got... <laughs> f- Whoa! <laughs> I mean, he's not very Joe, good. Joe, so in not, a hot. He's not very... He's a great dancer, though. Fantastic. Well, what, while we're on such people, I'm going to add one there who, I mean, I never really got into his first part of his career, but recently in Dubai, he made one hell of a comeback in my world. Um, Craig David. <laughs> um, he he was on the absolute scrap heap. I never I never bought his CDs. I never really got into his got into his stuff. But my word, day three in Dubai, he plays after the sevens and magnificent hour of my life, Kim. So you know, I'd like to nominate Craig David. Wonderful comeback, if only in my book. No, that's entirely fair. Was it? Is it just that one song? Um, oh, what was it called? Where he mentions his own name. I was thinking uh, the Monday. Took yes. a drink, that one. Yes, uh, that was there. But then there's this other one that you'd know because he actually mentions his name throughout the song. Um, <laughs> and and then he played about a few others. I was like, yeah, I've heard this before. So, yeah, Craig David. And, and look, I was probably flying at the time, but uh, I really enjoyed my hour <laughs> listening to Craig. You know who we've left off the, uh, the list of great comebacks? One Stephen Donald, I would have thought, actually. Coming oh, back please. into the All Blacks. Come on. I was actually oh. going to bring it up when we were talking earlier to Choji, kind of just being like, well, Beef, you know what it's all about kicking penalties and high-pressure, high-stakes moments. Uh, but was, I, was, I, left, I left this one to him. Look, it was only because Ted forgot my name for six months and it was a comeback <laughs> in the first place. Uh, it doesn't even compare. Come great, on. great that he overcame that temporary amnesia, though, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I've, told him, I've told him many a times, and you've probably been in the presence when I've told him that he, he got a few things wrong that year, but uh, he sorted it out in the end. <laughs> hey, but now you can still claim one of the great comebacks, one of the great uh, story, tale, story tale, for goodness sake, stories, fairy tales, all these sorts of words. Who was, who was the person who put us on in the morning? Uh, I think we're the last people standing, to be fair. <laughs> I suspect so as well. A couple more texts in here. Tim the teacher. Uh, Morena team, breaking news. The only representative club game within uh, the top four or five divisions of a club competition, I guess, taking place at the same time as World Cup was I can't, Racine 
Kurogo in League One on the Ivory Coast. Krogo got a last-minute goal to tie 1-1. Greatest comeback ever. Wonder what the viewing figures were. Cheers, Tim the teacher. I reckon those viewing figures were restricted to the players' mums, probably. Well, if it's the only game going on, it should have been powerful, shouldn't it? <laughs> it should have been powerful. Why would you ever have a game on at the same time as a World Cup final? Because, you know, sometimes games get a little bit ho-hum, so you want to toggle between stations. And uh, traditionally, World Cup finals, you know, as you mentioned earlier to Chody, the stakes are so high... You don't want to lose, but bless these two teams today. They came out and wanted to win, didn't they, Kim? (laughs) Bless them, they did. All right, coming up, it is time for Quizzy Kim. My first time doing this, so please, you know, give me a little bit of leeway here. Take on the Quizmaster, and you could win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Call up during the break, 0800 150 811. It's 8.44am, you're listening to Kim and Beeb's Big Brecky. Beeb is just getting some uh, notes there for how he can improve the run home next year. A little sing-along, I think, is on the cards for you, Beeb. Right now, though, you are with Quizzy Kim today because we have a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. I'm normally not in charge of the quizzes, so if this goes uh, a little bit awry, then... Well, blame me. I'm the only, I'm the only one you can blame. Uh, time now for Quizzy Kim, though, and I believe we have Jade on the line. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. Up watching the footy this morning? No, I just, just caught some of the, the back end of the commentary on the on the radio this morning. So, yeah, good result. Oh, just amazing scenes. Absolutely amazing. All right, let's get into it, shall we, Jade? Question one. How many reindeer does Santa have on his sleigh? Eight. Oh, well done. Well done. On to question two. How many FIFA World Cups has Messi played in? Oh. I'll say four. Oh, sorry, Jade. Five. Oh, no, I can't give a question. No. Oh, no. I told you it would go awry. <laughs> Oh, I have absolutely handed one to John here. That's all right. John, I hope you were paying attention there. You can rely on my slip-ups. How many FIFA World Cups has Messi played in? It's all right. I knew it anyway. (laughs) Even if you're lying, thank you for saying that to save my bacon anyway. (laughs) Question number three. Stephen Adams made four blocks on Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Grizzlies game against the Bucks on Friday. How many three-pointers has Stephen made in his NBA career? <laughs> oh, I'm just no idea. I've got 27. I have no idea. Unlucky, John, unlucky. Got you through the uh, the World Cups, but not on that one. Let's go now to Ed. How are you, Ed? Oh, good morning. Good morning, Beaver. Good morning, Ed. How are you? Well, I've got four days left in the morning. Bob, I don't know that answer. I'm sorry. Um, I've got four more uh, mornings, and I'm off the Tolaga Bay, my bro. Oh, beautiful. Well, well hey, if you don't know the answer... If you don't know the answer, you got to ask. Uh, you got to ask someone for a uh, a tip, a oh, clue. Okay. What's our tip? What's our What's our clue? Well, Stephen Adams hasn't got many in his career, but he has got more than none. 
<laughs> One. Ed. Great clue, babe. Great clue. On to question number four. Which three years have France won the FIFA World Cup? Typo off in there, Kim. If you look at the answer three there. Three years or two years? Two years. <laughs> yep. No. Okay. Great work. Okay, yeah, I, I know that one, Kim. Um, 1998 and... Uh, 2018. Well done, Ed. On fire through to the final question. Who scored the winning penalty goal for Argentina in this morning's final? Oh, no. I don't know that. <laughs> so close. Thank you. Give it to someone else. Oh, Ed, you're a good sport. So, so close and yet so far away. Next up, we go to Lammy. How's it going, Lammy? <laughs> yeah, good, Tim. Good. Hello, Stephen. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, Lammy. Not too bad at all, mate. Oh. Please don't ask for a tip on this because I couldn't yeah, I know, give you mate, a thing. Know. <laughs> mate, I heard the name, but I forgot all about it. So, oh, you kind of gave away the penalty in uh, extra time. Oh. You... Did Dante or something? Last name, I think. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you a tip on the first one. So, when you're a child, there's a cartoon and it's Speedy... Gonzalez. That's close enough for us today. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Save you the man. Thanks, Tim. Oh, congrats. <laughs> Congrats, Lemmy. $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way. Gonzalo Montiel is the name. You were so close. Well, cheers, Stephen. Thank you very much, buddy. Not a problem at all, mate. Good, though, uh, knowing that he was the guy, of course, who gave. He had the arm ball, didn't he? To give away that last penalty in extra time to allow Mbappe to score his third to complete the hat trick in a game that he then went on to lose, which is devastating. Um, Lemmy, congratulations. What's on the agenda for you today? Um, I'm actually in Wairu today because um, I drive a truck, I drive a front load truck, and I do all the bins in the army camp in Wairu. So just for me today, and then go back home and um, um, do some more Christmas shopping. <laughs> oh, that's, that is some very important work to get done, the Christmas shopping. Six days to go, Lammy. Oh, yeah, six days. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I mean, yeah, just secretly, just between me and you guys, I'm taking my grandsons to the Gold Coast next year for a holiday, and they don't know it, so they're going to lovely present on Christmas Day. So, yeah. oh. Brilliant, what mate. a great granddad! That is so cool. That'll be um, that'll be one that they remember forever. That is awesome. Go you! Yeah, I can't wait. You know, so yes, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff, Lemmy. Well, I feel like you're a very deserving winner of Quizzy Kim today. So appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you getting all the answers. Have a good one and have a great Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you guys. Thank you. All right, we'll take a short break. Be back soon. From the afternoons with Staffy team, that's me, Sammy, and Captain K. We hope you have a brilliant Christmas and New Year. We'll be like you over this time and be listening to all the sport on SENZ. SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Call anytime 0800 150 811.
Shop the Chemist Warehouse December catalogue and find YSL Kuros 100ml for only $79.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast with Kim and Beave on SENZ. One, It's 8.56am on Kim and Beeve's Big Breakfast here on SENZ. And Beeve, I've actually had a very important text, not on the Temper Bed Post text machine, this one actually just to my phone, uh, from my father who said, why are you on SENZ this morning? So clearly there was some communication uh, missing there. But no, Beeve and I are filling in in the breakfast show this week for Izzy and Kempe, just uh, adjusting the body clock slightly to the other end of the day. So far so good, eh Beeve? Yeah, absolutely. It is only Monday, um, Kim, so we've probably, we probably got to leave the plaudits to ourselves for another few days, but at the moment, yeah, so far so good. At least we've got a good day to come in on on the back of that World Cup final. I do hope that if you've been up uh, much like us since 4am in order to watch that final that you've managed to get a good caffeine hit or something to get you through the rest of the day. It could be a bit of a long one, but well worth it, I would think, Bave. Yeah, absolutely. Probably mid-afternoon uh, might start to kick in. Um, but uh, thankfully I'll have three children uh, demanding more from me, so no chance. <laughs> I'm so relieved for you. You get any of the mm. kids up to watch the game? Uh, but, well, I was going to say we're not football fans, but both of them are actually. The two oldest go to soccer every Saturday morning, so uh, no, I, I don't think they quite comprehend who Mbappé and, and, and Lanel are at the moment, but uh, in time I will uh, talk to them about that. Did you just call it soccer? Yeah, I, I do it just to see if it baits any of our football <laughs> fans every now and again. Cause, you know, just every now and again. I know it's football, but every now and again, soccer just sneaks into the vocabulary just to see if we get the uh, the passionate New Zealand football fan to, to, to catch on, as they say, to, to take the burly and go up the trail and go boom. <laughs> Just to fire it up. Hey, now in the next hour, we are talking to Paul Moati from the TAB. Beef, you're actually uh, bailing in the next hour. So is there anything you'd like me to put to him in the wake of what I think has been a roaring success for you this weekend, hasn't it, Bave? Uh, look, I don't know if you remember our tips from Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I got on a lot of those and it's not often Greg lets me down, but uh, Greg let me down. Oh, and, uh, no. And so did so did BP's Tarapa tip. Oh, um, devastating! And I, think, and I think Ted's Trentham tip that came in for Beaver's best that let me down too. So this morning, uh, I was more than anyone wanting it to go to uh, penalties because I needed some sort of reprieve on my TAB account. Okay, so the Beaver's best did not come in. We were so hopeful as well for one last one to yeah, we were. to end the year on a high with. Alas. Yeah, uh, look, it was it was out the gate early after the short thing from uh, Tarapa um, again. I know BP will be listening on his way to work, so um, yeah, uh, we're still looking for that one to finish at the moment. Um, and then yeah, the trend from Tip. I actually the, we actually got all the other ones. Croatia over two and a half, and the boosted uh, decided by penalty goals. So the horses let us down. Bugger it. Oh dear, them's the breaks. Oh well, you can go and um, enjoy your winnings from this morning, Beef. Thank you for being here this morning. Catch you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, guys.
I'm still here with you through the next hour, though. For now, though, here's Aroha with the news. Welcome back to Kim and Beeves Big Breakfast. We're going to be speaking to Paul Moare from the TAB very, very soon. First, though, what a year it has been in cricket and what better way to get a reflection on the year than with New Zealand's own Brendan McCullum as Ian Kempe caught up with him a few days ago. There's no better way to finish off this journey without tapping into one of the OGs, one of them that convinced me to come on the radio and then he got a better offer. And he ditched me and left me, but hey, I've made a hell of a friend out of it. I've got Kempi over here that's been helping me throughout the year. you got Louie, you got the boys in the kitchen, you got Aroha. So we are enjoying the journey and we love bringing you all things sport. And talking about sport, well, we got our good mate, Baz, the skip, the boss man, McCullum. He is on the line now. Bazza, how are you doing, brother? Ah, kia ora boys, how is it? Morning. I hear, I hear things. I hear things are going pretty good back there at HQ, eh? Yeah. Still fires. We're going good, brother. We're going good. You know we how we soldier on and get through the morning. But mate, what about you? How are you doing? How's Pakistan, mate? Talk me through the Fort Knox and all the army personnel around your base there, mate. Like it, is, it must be crazy. Pakistan's been amazing, actually, bro. It's been really, really cool. Like, the people have been phenomenal. Um, the hospitality's been great. The security has been more than you more than you could ever kind of wish for. And they've really looked after us well. And you know, I think the guys have enjoyed the tour. And it's just nice to be back playing cricket in Pakistan as well, you know. Uh, think how much cricket means to the people of, of Pakistan. And, um, you know, for so long they... They were starved of the opportunity to see their heroes and see overseas players um, playing in their in their conditions. So it's been really cool actually to, to be over here and and it feels a bit bigger than just a cricket tour, you know. Um, and hence why we've tried to play the way that we have and it's, it's worked out so it's worked out pretty good. And I found an absolute cracking golf course in Multan. <laughs> what what a course! Honestly, it was an absolute knockout. It was a sir. Nick Felder. I didn't even know Nick Felder was a sir, but it's a sir Nick Felder golf oh. and it is an absolute screamer. Yeah, well, you'll know about the sir stuff soon. We think the English are going to give it to your next best. Yeah, before they'll the, be knighted soon. Before the Kiwis with your uh, with your record. Hey, congratulations, Bez, in, in, in Pakistan, um, mate. Just what are you doing? Like, do you get a? Do you actually get to come home for Christmas, Bez? That's what I'm interested in. Is like, do you get to come back and enjoy it with us? Yeah, good to talk to you as well, Kempi, mate. And uh, I know you've got a fair bit on your plate today, just making sure the, 
the other fellow there that gets through. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do. I, I get back uh, on Christmas Eve. Nice. Um, which yeah, will be pretty cool. And then um, this is taking care of all the Christmas presents, and the kids are all excited. And then we'll just sort of play on and matter matter for for the Christmas New Year period, and then. Uh, we're going to see this family over in Australia and then come back and we'll rip into the tour against New Zealand um, back in uh, back in New Zealand. So, yeah, it's a pretty exciting time, really. But it's been good. It's been a crazy old year. Um, and, yes, it's one which uh, which I've certainly enjoyed and the different challenges have, that have cropped up have, have been pretty cool. And yeah, it's been a bizarre year, really, when you look back on it. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a crazy old year. You're in Pakistan. You went there. You hadn't won a game since '03. Now you've won the first game. It was like you know you've won the World Cup. The amount of time I went on Twitter and Pierce Morgan was you know tweeting the upper storm. You got everyone that was up and about. It's a crazy time for you in England cricket. But so, how did you approach the the, the series like? You know, like there was so much pressure. Everyone thought, you know, this has got to come down. This has got to end soon. This momentum, but you've just gone on and you've reinvigorated Test cricket, which you've spoken about before that you love. So, what what was the approach like going into this Pakistan series? Yeah, look, I think you know, with with our skipper um, being so, so he's just a, an incredible leader of men, really. Um, you know, just as able to to grab. Um, everyone and and, uh, and and take them in a direction which which they they are prepared to go. Um, you know, like they they trust them completely and they know that that he wouldn't ask them to do anything he wouldn't do himself. Um, and I think that's so powerful from a leadership point of view. So when we came over here, um, Stokes he was was well, the first thing he did actually was we donated all his match fees to um, for this tour to the flood victims of, of Pakistan, which I thought was awesome. an incredible mm. show of generosity and and philanthropy as well. And I think it was really um, well recognised and, and well um, received and, and appreciated by the people of Pakistan. And, and then between, I guess, the two of us and some of the leaders within the group, we just wanted to carry on what we built during, during the summer, which uh, whilst we're focused, uh, whilst we're, we're judged by the results that we put out, and for us, it's, it's not so much about the results, even though you know they are important. For us, it's just trying to ensure that we free up the guys in the environment as much as possible to strip away some of the noise and and the external factors that can come into play, and just allow talent to come out. And I think what we've seen um, throughout the English summer and now here in Pakistan as well, different conditions, is that there's so many talented players within the English cricket system, um, and by by giving them more playing for the skipper and, and playing this kind of style of cricket, it, it, we're able to um, achieve some pretty cool things. So we wanted to do that and we wanted to enjoy the tour um, and brace as much as we could within the security restrictions, which are obviously necess- uh, necessary, um, and just trying to really enjoy it and play a style of cricket that people would want to turn on the TV and watch. And I think so far we've done that, even though it's got one test to go, but it's been a, a great tour and one which will we look back on real fondly, to be honest. So, Bears, you, you obviously been playing a little bit of golf, but you know you're in Pakistan. And it's you know you know no words can explain like the hostile territory that you're in. So, what do you do for like like you know downtime? You know, what do you do to have that balance to keep the boys 
invigorate, invigorated, you know, ready to go forward and do the job. So, well, how do you find that balance and keep them on? Well, we've got a golf simulator in the team room. So <laughs> what? That, that's just getting, that's getting smashed. You know, like the boys are all gun golfers as well. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't really been on it because my game's not that suited to the Astro turf. I think I need the real sort of nice, crisp lies of sort of, you know, Central Cargo links at the hills or Millbrook or, you know, the, the, the golf simulator thing is just a bit too hard for me. But so we try and, we try and ensure that they have a bit of fun um, in and around the team room. You know, you've got a pool table and all things like that. And just try and spend as much time as what you possibly can as a as a team. We've been fortunate we've been able to get out and play a little bit of golf um, in Long Khan and also here in um, Karachi as well. Um, and also the gaps in between the, the games are quite short. Um, so, yeah, we've, I think we've managed it really well and we've just tried to try to enjoy ourselves, you know, I think mm. it doesn't really matter sort of what, in the end, if you, if you can get a group of guys together who've got great attitudes and, and looking forward to trying to achieve something special, then you make your own fun anyway, right? Mm. So there's plenty of cards and, and, and things as well. It's been a, a really cool trip and uh, reminded me a little bit of what it used to be like sort of touring way back before kind of all the... Um, all the internet and, and kind of all sort of social media and everything like that, you used to spend a lot more time kind of in and around your teammates' rooms and playing cards and, and just generally spending time together. So it's, it's been a, a pretty pretty awesome experience. Yeah, you learn you learn a lot from each other too, don't you, Bez, when you're spending more time with each other as opposed to looking at a telephone um, and texting a mate who's probably two feet away from you. Hey, mate, I, I, I watched the, the games um, unfold and I just thought about you know, um, young Stokesy and his father, Jed Stokes, would be so proud of him, a keen and a, a guy that played for the New Zealand, the Kiwis. Um, I know he's no longer with us, Jed, but he'd be so proud of him. You've got that, you've got that Kiwi leadership going so well there. And I, you would have seen the the announcement of Tim Southey yesterday being named captain with Kane Williamson stepping down at the test. In the test. What do you think of that? Like, you, you know Tim really well. What do you think of him as a captain? I think you do a fabulous job. I, mm. I think it's a, a really good appointment, to be honest. I know, obviously, I, I've got, um, you know, I'm, I'm employed elsewhere, and and, uh, and you're, we're going to come up against New Zealand in, uh, in a few, well, in six weeks' time or something, but I think it's a, a really good appointment. I didn't think Kane was ready to step away just yet, um, even though sort of there'd been a couple of conversations recently where sort of, um, which, which he sort of was, was trying to work out how to just relax his workload a little bit. Um, but look, he, I guess there's two parts to it. One is I think Tim will do a fabulous job and he'll get all the support in the world from Kane um, as, as, a, um, as a foot soldier now, um, just as Tim gave everything that he could as a foot soldier to Kane as his captaincy. And I think the second part is what an amazing job Kane did as captain of the Black Caps for as long as he did. Um, he, took, he took the Black Caps to... Unprecedented success. Uh, he brought so much consistency of high performance um, within that side, um, right throughout all forms of, of the game. He's achieved so much. He's done it in such an understated kind of very Kane Williamson um, relaxed manner, and, and I think he's he's been able to um, inspire not fans not just from New Zealand um, to play cricket, but also. From around the world, there's lots of people who consider 
came in since Black Cat side as their second favourite team because of how they carried themselves and what they achieved. So, look, he's left the cap in a much better place than he can with a blazer as it is when it comes to the New Zealand captaincy position. He's left the blazer in a better position than, than he found it, which was, um, which was obviously off me. <laughs> and he's done a, a remarkable job. Done a remarkable job and, and I look forward to sitting down with him at some stage and opening a nice bottle of wine and, and posting to everything that he's achieved and and then um, watching how how Tim goes about it because he's got a very aggressive cricketing mind as well and, and he'll want to play the game in a in a free spirit of way too. So it'll be fascinating. It's, yeah, it's exciting, albeit a, a tinge of sadness for New Zealand as well. Very well said, Baz, mate. Louis here. Great to hear your voice before Christmas. Uh, good to have you on. And good to know that you're coming <laughs> back into New Zealand. Uh, I'm being a bit cheeky, Baz, shock. Um, but now with your slight change of main profession, should David Allison Aquas Farm be worried come Karaka, <laughs> Karaka sales time? Oh, hello, Louis. I knew you were going to ask something about racing. I love it. It's great to hear your voice as well, mate. Um... Are you referring to am I buying at at Karaka? Is that what you're? Well, I know. Well, I know the answer to that. that I, I don't. Know. I know the answer to that. But I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering if the, some of those fleary Savabil lots might be in danger, and DC might have a battle on his hand. No, no, I don't think so. You know, I'm more for the love of the game type of bloke. You know, <laughs> um, so you know, I'll be I'll be keeping my my hand down and. And just trying to don't trying lie. to work out don't how to lie, bears. What are we <laughs> what are we doing with Pungle? What are we doing? <laughs> well, mate, you were, it's so hard to get a good horse ride, like a fast horse. It's, there's a reason why they want to buy him because he's fast and he's good <laughs> and he could be anything. And I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. You don't need the money, is jeez, man. You got heaps. It's like it's. You know, like, just let's just race them and see where we can go. He could take us on this amazing journey and we could just bank all these amazing experiences. And if not, well, we just have to work a bit harder. Mate, majority vote, you're the only one that's going against it. And uh, he's sold. <laughs> no, we haven't sold him yet, mate. Look, it's a big decision. You're dead right because, um, you know, you, you grow this connection with this horse and oh, first ever horse I've ever been a part of, so I wouldn't know, but... You grow this connection, then you get offered this money, and you're like, should you take it? What about the luck bears? Did you I hear know. him drop that in first year for horse? Wow. You know. You know what Mate, I mean. what about, I, I, want to check, I want to check the fine print of the offer, because I reckon in there, Izzy Dags managed to just put his, put his own little uh, stash away, and he's, <laughs> he's actually trying to buy Pungo outright. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to buy all the rest of us out and just have them for himself. <laughs> <laughs> no oh, way, mate. no way. I want to. I want to watch this uh, bungle go to you know Ramwick Guineas and win the Ramwick Guineas. That's a targeting race, but he might be going to Hong Kong. I'm predicting best. Sorry, mate. Mate, what, what does it say? It's like a. There's a saying I can't quite remember. It's like the um, one good horse can can change a man's life or something like that. This could be it. This yeah. could be it, Dagger. Oh, man. Oh, man, you know me, mate. I'm easily persuaded. I'm whatever. Whatever the boys want to do. We've got a good one. We've we got a bad one. Is. We don't know, but everyone here is telling me to sell it, and you're the only one that's saying, hold it. And I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> hey, Bez. Bez. Yeah, well, and you're surprised, you're surprised by that? 
Bez, just before you go... A, we're going a to great let... horse will change your life. Sorry. We'll let sorry, you go. Sorry, we'll let you two argue about selling and keeping <laughs> offline. But, hey... Um, We've got a, we've got another coach over here that's deciding whether or not to sign for England or, or New Zealand and Razor. What advice can you give him? Uh, what advice? <laughs> Just well, do it do it your way. I guess he's he's sort of yeah. Just do it his way as he will do. If he is the man that signs, he'll be amazing, and I'm sure I look forward to uh, to his kind of methods and his ways and. And the only thing I'd say is um, maybe him and I could go halves in the house he could have it during the winter and I'll take it during the summer and then, you know, we, we can just maybe go halves in the membership at Sunningdale or something. It'd be great. Mate, imagine that flatting setup. I said that, Baz said that to me a while back. He said, I'll have to get new carpet, though. All the dancing rays will be doing. Imagine that, you in the summer, him in winter. It'll be outstanding. But it's the biggest... Yeah, and I, I wouldn't like the red and black carpet either. Oh, mate. No, that would look horrible in the house. Red and black. Yuck. But, mate, we appreciate you coming on the show. You're an absolute busy man. Hey, just quickly before I let you go, you, you're playing Pakistan in the third test. you got one more left. So what's the approach? You're going to give some other players opportunities or are you going to keep the foot on the throat and go and push for the, the series whitewash? Uh, no, nah, we'll just try and pick our best team that we think can win every time. I think test cricket's that's the game, right? Um, so you just, well, you just try and. You should talk I mean, to Fozzie. We want to win, but for us, it's just. just <laughs> for us, we're trying to put out our best team every time, and we think we're capable of winning. And then, um, you know, then we we almost take winning, winning off the table and say, right, let's just go and do our thing. And if that ends up in winning, sweet ads. If it ends up in losing because they're better, well, that's okay too. We crack on, shake hands, and. And then uh, we'll move on to our next go. So that'll be our approach, and we'll see what unfolds. But uh, it should be exciting anyway. Whatever happens, we've had a great tour, we've had a great time, and um, we've created some memories that all the guys here will remember forever. Beautiful, Bears. We appreciate you coming on the show, mate. You're an absolute champion. I uh, can't believe it, but you've got many supporters in New Zealand looking forward to the England Ashes series. It's going to be an absolute doozy. We can't wait. We can't wait to have you home, brother. Take care, and all the best for the next game. Yeah, cheers, boys. Great to speak to you. See you, right, Yes, fantastic to hear the thoughts of Brendan McCullum there. And while we're on the cricketing front, uh, some news in this morning that Canterbury all-rounder Henry Shipley has been called into the Black Caps squad for their one-day team heading to Pakistan. The only newcomer in that team. Very uh, nicely timed that we caught up with him pretty recently, so we'll play that for you before the hour is out as well. Absolute giant of a man, Henry Shipley, 1.96 metres tall, the leading wicket-taker in last season's Super Smash, currently tied for second on the Ford Trophy one-day wicket-taking table as well. So not too shabby. Be very much looking forward to hearing his thoughts. We're also catching up, of course, with Paul Moari from the TAB, First, though, it's time for Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. An absolute tune, 9.32am here on Kim and Beeve's Big Brekkie on SENZ. All we want from, for Christmas, really, 
Some good options at the TAB, I think. Paul Mohari's on the phone now. Paul, oh, I hope you're in the Christmas spirit when you're uh, making that kind of entrance. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Um, I'm looking forward to a wee bit of a break coming up in the not-too-distant future and uh, hopefully get thrown into the new year and we're back into it straight away again. Yes, indeed. Well, what better way to head into the break than this morning's final Tell Me Everything? Well, um, well the final had everything, didn't it? Um, Argentina went up 2-0 um, and we paid them out early in the head-to-head and uh, two qualifying markets. Uh, and then France came back with uh, Kylian Mbappé uh, scoring a couple uh, to take it into extra time. Uh, and then both teams scored again in extra time, and then we went to penalties. So um, it was a final that had absolutely everything. Um, I'm just having a look at some of the bigger bets that we took uh, during and before the match. It was a $12,000 bet on Argentina to lift the cup at $1.87. It was a $7,000 and $6,000 bet also on Argentina at $1.87 to lift the cup. So there's plenty of big winners out there today uh, in terms of, uh, certainly, if you backed Argentina. So, um, yep, uh, it's been a great World Cup. But there's been upsets all the way through with the likes of Germany and Spain not making it uh, through to the knockout rounds, uh, Croatia knocking Brazil out. Um, yeah, it, it's been, and it was uh, wonderful to see Lionel Messi um, finally win a World Cup. Uh, and just to add that little bit, the cherry on top, this uh, wonderful career that he's had during his, uh, uh, it's not over yet, but the wonderful career mm. that he's had so far. Yeah, just glorious. And did I hear right around the trap somewhere as well that you had already paid out on Mbappe to be the Golden Boot winner? Goodness, you must have been a bit nervous uh, before he scored today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, we paid him out early when he, um, I think he scored five goals after, what was it, three or four matches uh, so we paid him out early, uh, and Messi gave him a run, uh, fright, and gave him a run for his money. Uh, but in the end, uh, Mbappe came through uh, and won any won the Golden Boot anyway. Uh, but that, that was a great two great teams mm. with two great superstars, and both superstars stood up uh, and were counted. So um, although the French will be disappointed, they they went down fighting. I know one man who is not disappointed is Stephen Donald, who I believe had a bid on for the game to be decided on penalties. And so as soon as we got through extra time, that was uh, one of the world's happiest men as of this morning. <laughs> I think he did it. He wasn't too worried about what actually happened in the penalties. The rest of us were kind of hiding under desks and things, but he's just checking the account happy as Larry. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about taking uh, an option like that. Uh, you don't really care who comes out on top as long as you get through to the penalties if you take that sort of option. So, yeah, well done to Beaver. Very, very happy for him. <laughs> oh, as are we all. He's always in a better mood when he's had a uh, a good weekend on the TAP as well. What else are we looking at now? What does attention mostly turn to now that the World Cup is over? Uh, well, right now, uh, there's plenty of NFL matches on, uh, so you can bet live. Uh, I was just having a look. I think it was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs match up against the Houston Texans. Uh, Mahomes had just run in a touchdown to take the lead back. Uh, Chiefs up 24-21 in that match. Uh, they're into the fourth quarter now. The Chiefs $1.15 to win that. The Houston Texans 4 75 
Um, there's a few more games uh, about to start in around a half an hour's time. Uh, and then the late game today, uh, the Washington Commanders uh, up against the New York Giants. The Commanders $1.45, the Giants at $2.60. There's also the World Darts Championship yes. on at the moment. Uh, what have we got? We've got Mike Dedecker. De uh, he's a dollar twenty-two live at the moment, up against Jeff Smith, who is three dollars and seventy. There are three more matches to uh, come today with Nathan Aspinall up against Boris Cromar. Uh, Aspinall dollar uh, twenty-four, Boris at three dollars uh, and eighty cents. That continues tomorrow, of course. Just having a look at tomorrow's games. Oh, there's a nice big, big match up tomorrow. Uh, Jose de Souza. He's a dollar sixty-seven favourite against the Wizards. Simon Whitlock at two dollars and ten cents, and of course, plenty of NBA games on over the Christmas New Year period, and the Big Bash has just started as well. Oh, plenty going on. Just quickly on the NFL note, did you have any brave punters put any money on the Minnesota Vikings when they were down thirty-three nil yesterday? <laughs> uh, we always uh, have a few punters who love to jump on when a team is down. <laughs> by quite a few points, uh, hoping for the miracle. And yes, uh, it, came, it came through for some of those punters uh, in terms of, uh, what was it, the Vikings, um, mm. who looked down and out. Oh, biggest comeback in history. Honestly, I've, I don't know what those punters are up to, but I need to kind of connect at some stage with some of them and be like, you've got to give me, you've clearly got the vibe for it. You've got to let me know, because I would never have gone near it. I, I'm in the same sort of uh, boat as you as well. I've, I've just got no idea how these uh, punters uh, decide to pick uh, a huge, huge outsider, and then they actually come in. So uh, well done to them. I'm just going back to the NBA. We've got a Monday power play boosted. Nikola Jokic to uh, record a triple-double and LeBron James to record a double-double. That's been boosted out to $6, and that has been very, very popular with punters today. So Jokic to get a triple-double, LeBron to get a double-double, was 4.77, now at to $6. Oh, sounds good. Plenty going on even after the finish of this World Cup. Pomoari there, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Cheers, Kim. Have a good one. You too. Uh, Pomoari there from the TAB. Promotions and playing hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly and remember that is R18. What is not R18 though is our choices flooring pole. Joe, come in. No, it's not R18, although... Robert Downey Jr. is, and he was one of the options. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the, the true story in poll, what was the greatest comeback of all time? This commission was, of course, inspired by yesterday's comeback from the Minnesota Vikings, who were down 33-0 at halftime against the Indianapolis Colts and roared back to life. And I think they won 39-36 to in the end in overtime. So... Pretty embarrassing for Matt Ryan, who was already at the end of one of the most embarrassing losses of all time in the Super Bowl. Sorry, Matt Ryan, I just really hate him. Um, <laughs> it's because he used to always tell be- us how you really feel. <laughs> well, it's because he used to always beat the 49ers when he was with the the Falcons, my team. So I do resent him greatly. Um, <laughs> the, the, the options were the Boston Red Sox, who came back in 2004 to beat the Yankees, are down three nil and ended up being four three up. The mullets and moes, they were very popular uh, back in the 80s, and they've come back now And uh, off the back of lockdown. America's Cup, when uh, obviously Oracle broke all of our hearts. John Travolta's career in the 90s. 
Great, great comeback. Pulp Fiction, <laughs> love it. F- nearly France in the World Cup or Patri- Patriots over the Falcons. The winner was America's Cup, the Oracle 2013 comeback. Oh, pretty, brutal. Pretty brutal, yeah, yeah, It yeah. hurts, it hurts. It hurts almost as much as how satisfied Neeps was uh, touching his own moustache as you. I was quite, I was quite happy <laughs> with that one just quietly. One Thanks to everyone who voted. It makes me feel a lot more confident about uh, uh, the look, for lack of a better word. <laughs> Yeah, you, look, you look good, man. We're, we're both rocking the sorry. We're both rocking the Mo's. Exactly. I, I think Mo's are great for guys that look like they're fifteen, but are actually twenty three. Do you want to know why I grow my Mo? Why? I've got a massive mole right on the like just right above my lip. So I I grow my Mo to hide this massive mole on my face. No, no word of a lie. That's wow, all it. the secrets come out. Yeah, wow. There you go. The you, get the secrets, you get all the I secrets, Kim. You get all the secrets. Izzy and Kempe never could have got that out of you. Not I'm at all. sure. <laughs> right, coming up next, we catch up with Henry Shipley. Henry Shipley became the latest newcomer to join the Black Caps named for their one-day squad. Izzy and Kempe caught up with him a couple of weeks ago to find out what it would mean for him to make the national team. S-E-N-Z. Mate, you never want to look too far ahead, but the, every kid's dream to represent their country and well, the Black Caps are going through a transitional time at the moment, Tra- you know, a period where they've gone from having a lot of experience to now maybe a couple of changes. That's something that's on your radar, mate? Oh, I'd, I'd love to get there at some point. Um, you know, it's I guess it's just trying to do what I can do um, for Canterbury mm. for a start and, and, and like you say, try and be a bit, bit more consistent, I suppose. And um, if I can do that, then... Hopefully, when the opportunity comes, if it does come, then um, I'm ready to go and and I can uh, put the best foot forward there. Hey, how much emphasis have you put on your your all around? You obviously got a fifer, but you, you've scored some some serious scores with the bat already. So you're obviously a bit of an all rounder. Is that something you really focus on on your batting side as well? Yeah, for sure. No, I spent a bit of time in the winter getting uh, getting flung a few balls with from Fultz and Donks, our coaches, and. Um, I guess it was something I always had aspirations to, to be a genuine all-rounder, but probably took a bit of convincing in the in the early years. So <laughs> it's uh, nice to be there now. Hey, mate, I'm a CD boy, and Ross Taylor steps out today in his 20th year when you guys take on the vaults, the Otago vaults. So um, how keen would you be to knock him over when you get a crack at the central? Uh, as long as it's <laughs> early in the innings, I'll be pretty happy. Um, I don't know if we have to take him on at Pocky Park or something like that. Yeah, but... What a, a bit park. of a worry, but um, yeah, pretty cool that he's he's uh, he's still he's still playing for CD this season, and and you know you, I suppose you got to take those experiences when they come and just and just enjoy them for what they are. Mate, are you a bit, are you a bit like myself? Like when I was back at school, I was a, I was a, I used to bowl, but once I started getting in the nets and having a bat, I probably focus more on my batting. Is Fultz trying to have to rein you in and say, mate, you're a bowler first, batter second? Because I got told that plenty. Love me batting. Yeah, it's a funny one, eh? When I was at school, I probably sort of saw myself as a bit of a batter who obviously bowled, but um, and then got to Canterbury and it was, yeah, you're down at number 11, mate, and and try and work your way up from there. So I don't think anyone had to worry about telling me to not worry about the batting. I just had to had to keep putting some runs on the board and, and then obviously got to here. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens, but maybe those comms will come later. Hey, Henry, is, is Pukekura Park one of the prettiest parks that you've ever played cricket at? What what do you what do you like about it when you go up there? Um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a lovely, lovely spot. I guess the, being in there beside the gardens as well and, 
um, the, the the local faithful come out and and give you a piece of their mind. So that's always always kind of nice. But I guess on the other side of it, you can silence them, which is which is always kind. But um, yeah, I think it's just a. I mean, it's iconic, isn't it? it it's small and and looks really nice, and um, obviously suits suits a bit of white ball cricket from time to time. All right, Shippo, we've had a message coming through. You guys have to ask Shippo, when is he coming back to play for the mighty Greendale? Oh, really? I, don't know. I think um, <laughs> it's on the horizon, but even lines up. I think I got told if Greendale take on Peninsula and Henry Nichols is playing for Peninsula, then I've got to play for play for Greendale. So is that my uncle on the on the other end of that, um, that text? <laughs> it probably will be. Unknown texts, mate. They, they, just, they don't really leave their name. Oh, we've got the number. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you his number that. if you want it. Give it to me after this. Oh, get ready, awesome, get mate. ready, Shippo. <laughs> um, honestly, you come on, you come on the show, talk to Kempi and Izzy for breakfast, mate. You've been the black caps in three months. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait yeah. <laughs> go right, well, Henry, mate. mate. Go, go well. Hey, Henry. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Um, go out and get another five for mate. Just don't do it against CD. Go and go and get it against another team. Uh, my my team. Hopefully, Ross can uh, can bat well at Pukekura Park, iconic park. Enjoy yourself up there and go well, mate. Thanks a lot for joining us. Beautiful. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Cheers, Henry. Oh, crack up. Henry. That would have been his old man, was it? <laughs> it would have been someone Click close on to him. Yeah, it would have been close. Click I, on that number. I, I don't know what you were like, Izzy, but when I was when I finished playing international football, I wanted to go home and play rugby league for my club, you know. But I just never made it there. Um, mm. So you know, when people say, "I oh, make sure you go back to your club," I don't know how you felt. I was always thinking about that. Well, towards the end of my uh, career, I started. I didn't get to go back to my club in Hawke's Bay, the Pirates, but I got to play club here. And I honestly, it, it probably rejuvenated my thoughts on rugby because if you play at a high level for so long, the pressure, the external pressure, like everything's there. You go back to club level, mate. Two trainings a week, they love it. Going in the club rooms, having a big bot after. Like, it's, it's just what it's about, the roots level and... Mm. and yeah, mate, absolutely loved it. I got th- absolutely th- loved it. I got to thank Walter Little. He did that for me because I couldn't make it back mm. to Waitara. And he said, mate, come up to Glenfield. Come out to the Glenfield um, Rugby Club. Mm. And I ended up coaching Glenfield with him. But I ended up playing with him as well in the 10s. You ever heard of the Glenfield 10s? Um, it's iconic up here in Auckland. <laughs> I ended up, mate, I would look at Walter Little that day. Like, I watched him on TV, mm. but I played next to him. I was like, mate, you would have been a Kiwi. 100%. I'd never seen a guy hit holes so well. I was throwing him balls, and he's running these holes. I was going, mate, I wish you were playing league. You've been trying to poach union players for decades, Kempe. It's a personality trait of 